0: Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm
1: Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fancast.
0: Yes, and we are talking about The O.C.
1: And The O.C. has lost its mind this season, and I like it.
0: Yeah, I'm actually... I, I, were you the one who was saying this, that there's people who would think that the fourth season's kind of rough? Yeah. I, what I'll say about this, and to be fair, we are, what, s- six episodes in? This the, the, the trend that started in the last episode, they picked up in this episode... The direction and the humor, I guess, of it. They're just
1: doing crazy – I mean, they're not crazy. Nothing is so absurd that you're like, oh my god, I can't believe the well, show is doing this. But they're well, just doing different things. Well, and, and,
0: and, just, and it's not getting – like, like it's – when we – when we when me and Aaron is crazy to describe a lot of stuff on uh, on MOA, whether – whatever show we're doing, we usually mean it's going cheesy. Yeah. This is, this is being, like, kind of – not surreal, but – It's goofy. It's goofy.
1: It's so goofy. And it's like a little bit self-referential. And it's just like... It's like it has shown thrown its own show into the wind and has like seen seen what like has splattered black onto like, its windshield. It's
0: almost like they're like, okay, this is gonna be. It's almost like they knew this was gonna be the last season. Like, let's just let's just have fun with it. Let's have people tell outright jokes. Let's have these weird physical humor bits.
1: Ryan has never spoken about his own emotions more <laughs> than he does in this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they, they, they get they get a lot about that. We learn these things about characters. It's a it's a very enjoyable episode. It has a very strange bits in it as well. Mm-hmm.
1: It is definitely a product of its time. But I will say, like, I mean, season three of The O.C. was good. Yeah. But there are some episodes of The O.C. where I'm kind of like, I mean, this is all very well crafted. <laughs> and it's very boring for me as the host of a, like, recap review podcast. Yeah. They did a great show. Cool
0: yeah it it's this like- season
1: is like oh, I have so many things to talk yeah. about
0: it, and what, without without going all the way into the riverdale one where it's where it's like we ha- we have things we need to talk about.
1: it's just things I want to yeah
0: its just there's there are enjoyable parts to the series, so I guess what I'm telling you audience, is starting at season four <laughs>
1: when people say that season four is bad, don't trust them make yeah. your own decision I mean
0: no once again, we are only six episodes in out of the
1: Nineteen. Nineteen.
0: It's a weird number.
1: Sixteen. I think it's sixteen. <laughs> I th-
0: I think you're getting smaller every time.
1: I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, at one point I thought it was thirteen. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's sixteen.
0: Thirteen. what I say in my head. Because thirteen is the new like half.
1: Yeah, mini se- season.
0: Except for it's, it's except for the
1: last season of so uh, not-
0: New Girl, which was seven. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with seasons being as long as they need to be. The some of the some of the rougher parts of, let's say, Buffy, I do think were a, a result of them being like, well, we got to do a 22 episode season,
1: and like if most shows could have 19, 19's great.
0: Yeah, if there's anything i have seen from the shows that do have smaller uh, seasons, they are they feel a lot more cohesive. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because now we see a lot more serialized versus procedural.
1: And we have shows where people expect you to watch all of it close to it once.
0: <laughs> There's
1: going to be no weird Riverdale breaks in there. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I was reading this article and they were talking about plot holes in TV shows. And one of them was like, Cheryl and Jason, same age, different grades. And people kept being like, the show never said that Polly and Jason were in the same grade. Said they
0: were twins, though.
1: No, no, Polly and Jason. Oh, sorry,
0: Polly and Jason. Yeah. And I was
1: like, yeah, but there is absolutely no way he was the captain of the football team as a freshman. Like that's the point of contention here. So,
0: so the implication there is there. They're like, no, no, Polly was in.
1: He she, she- was in grade twelve, but <laughs> but, but Jason
0: then wasn't. Then
1: other people were like. No one said what type of twins Jason and, and uh, Cheryl were. They could be Irish twins, which is when they're like <laughs> 10 months apart. And I was like, that's definitely – they talk this... about the song they're conceived to. Well,
0: <laughs> I will add more than that. That's, that's not what people – mean. there's a reason why there's a modifier in front of that term. Yeah.
1: They're definitely twins that were grown in the same womb. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's even why we technically have fraternal twins being, like, when people hear twins, they, they're, I think their automatic thing is identical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what twins really is supposed to mean, is, yeah. yeah.
1: And, like, obviously, Cheryl and Jason are not identical twins, because one is a boy and one is, <laughs>
0: no.
1: okay, I mean, I get it. You could have identical twins, and one could be a boy, and one could be a girl, because yeah. gender is a construct. mm but that's going way too deep into <laughs> Riverdale.
0: That's yeah, that's getting that's getting way that's getting much further in there. That's
1: giving that show way too much credit, and that show is not there yet.
0: <laughs> no, no. But anyway
1: isn't. Yes, the ongoing argument. They never said what type of twins they were. They could be Irish
0: twins. <laughs> I, I it is haunts
1: me to this day. It is
0: interesting seeing people who are bending over backwards to try to explain something that even in the show does not care about.
1: Someone even was like, "Well, you know, they could have been born at midnight, and so one of them was born on December thirty first, and the other one was born on January first, and that's why they're in different grades." Look, the
0: the, the thing and is, I the, was
1: like, "Oh my god!" Show. I,
0: I am all for going in and you know either headcanning or figuring out why these things are happening. But it's very, very clear that River that, that, that the that the 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 entity that is Riverdale does not care. And like, and all if and, 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 and if it doesn't care, you should not put that much effort into you it. You should
1: just accept that Cheryl started the show as a senior and she ends the show as a senior. She is forever seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. She
1: does not age, for she is a vampire.
0: It's true. It's true. She is. Alright, well, we're not talking about that. We are talking about the OC. So I think we should get into it. We've been rambling for way too long now. Yeah,
1: a lot of nonsense. Yeah,
0: because this is the OC, Season 4, Episode 6, The Summer Bummer.
1: The Summer Bummer. I just got the title when I said it now.
0: So we begin with what will be, what will become an ongoing trend in this episode, and that is Ryan having hallucinations.
1: Yeah, because they are daytime dreams. They are
0: daytime dreams to the point that I worry he has a tumor.
1: And Ryan's daytime dreams are continually of Taylor in a 1980s rock music video.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. I didn't know how to... I'm like, uh, poison... White Snake, just just rock, just it's like, a, it's a rock video.
1: I actually don't recognize any of the songs he ever hears in his head, and I really hope they make new songs th- for the show. Well, I
0: think these are, I think these are all like like all their songs. They are two thousands indie ish rock, but these are indie rock throwbacks to They're the nineteen
1: eighties. A nineteen eighties pastiche.
0: Yeah, so in this first one, it's Taylor like dancing on the like on the kitchen island. It's very it's very sexual.
1: Her hair is so big and her eyeshadow is so bold.
0: It, and I thought like, oh, he's gonna wake up and he was having a dream. No, he was standing there talking to. <laughs>
1: Talking to Sandy (laughs) and Kirsten. Kirsten. And then the camera does this, like, insane angled shot that's, like, too saturated.
0: It's these two fish angle lenses. Of
1: Sandy being like, hey, you want a bagel? I put some schmear on it for you. Ah. (laughs) And, like, it seems like it's still a dream. And then it's just like, cut, nope, not a
0: dream. It almost looked like a music video for like that first part. And I mean not just the music. When they cut out of it, that yeah. wide angle up close lens was a really popular like nineties, early two thousands music video thing. It's Green like, Day has it yeah, in all their videos. I was
1: gonna say Blink one eighty two. Because
0: it shows a, like a weird sur- like surrealness without being too surreal.
1: And so um it's not that. It's just Sandy and Kirsten being like, Hey Ryan, y'all right?
0: And Ryan is uh I mean he honestly he's doing fine. Yeah he's uh, fine. Except for the except for a possible tumor putting pressure on his brain.
1: But in blusters Seth, and Ryan wants to talk to Seth, but Seth can't be talked to because he's going to Rhode Island because he has no chill.
0: Yeah, well, uh, this has to be the next day, right?
1: Oh, yeah. like
0: Yeah, so which <laughs> means he to- he talked to Summer until midnight the night before, and then decided after he went to go see Ryan, I guess, that
1: he was like... I gotta go back. <laughs> I
0: gotta go back. You know what? I told her I'd give her space for a week. I'm done giving her space and go back to her place.
1: Now, I mean, it could be a week later. But either way, this is not a lot of time. And Brian's like, Seth, my problems. And <laughs> Seth's like, yep, give me a phone call. We're talking
0: about the phones. That's what we've been doing for this season. It's Come on, phone Ryan. time. Season four. season four. Season four. Phones. Phones in season four.
1: And in season four, we cut. And we cut to Summer sitting in a really, really big office. Yeah. Getting... I'm just going to say wildly insane news.
0: Yeah, and I don't quite get it. Okay, Summer is told in no uncertain terms that she is suspended.
1: Until September. Until
0: next fall. So I'm like, so wait, wait, hold on. So she just resumes in in fall?
1: Like nothing, except that they do explain to her she has to go pack up her dorm right away and she tries to argue well I have no home and also I have exams and they're like well you don't go here anymore <laughs> but so yeah, I, she
0: does <laughs>
1: so I guess she has to redo her entire first year
0: I don't they're they're treating this really like it's a high school like yeah. oh I guess you're you're you were suspending you for six months
1: and like I don't know in this the year of our Lord 2020 <laughs> we know people who have been we don't, we don't humanly know them because we're yeah. adults. Yeah. But, like, there are people who get kicked out of school because they did a sexual assault on someone. Yeah. And they still get to write their final exams.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, like, I'm yeah. sorry. All Summer did was touch some bunnies that all got – the bunnies came back except well, for pancakes. Well, this,
0: this is the thing that gets me as well. They constantly refer to – Oh well, you know, you let those bunnies let those bunnies go. No one seems to mention that Shay did throw her under the bus for like flooding a room and doing all these other.
1: And they know for a fact that Shay was there for the bunnies. It just wasn't the other things. And I'm just going to spoil this now. He doesn't get suspended for a semester.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird in in a way that like the school like like this what the school is doing feels very plot-centric versus what a school would actually do.
1: And like, to be fair, for sure, they'd be like, look, you can't come back for winter. Yeah. But they wouldn't kick her out without letting her write her finals. And I don't think the show has thought through the implications. Because
0: because she, her... she's like two weeks away from them, isn't she?
1: Yeah, she doesn't have a class anymore. There's no more classes. Yeah, There's Seth, just final exams. Seth
0: coming to visit is coming to visit while she is studying. He's going to bring her study aids, essentially.
1: So I just... so I
0: don't know why, why they're like... Well, it, once again, they're treating it like it's a high school. Because th- this thing where like she's done the entire... Like you know, the entire school's worth of things, and they're just like, no, nah, we're cutting you off at the finish line. I guess.
1: And like, I mean, I guess she did break into a lab, so yes, repercussions. But
0: but like her, but like all the bunnies came back except for like, are they getting really mad because that one bunny didn't come back?
1: So is she going to like? Is she on a suspension when she returns a year from now? She writes her final exams then. Yeah,
0: like what? What? There's there's an there's a a great unevenness for how much we see the stakes here. I will. I do want to go once again back to the fact that they will never mention that Shay also did it, did do the raw. Well, no, no, and no. they know he did well, that. no, 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 that Shay put all the other things he did on her as well. No, they will only ever refer to the bunny thing. Which, which I'm wondering, like, uh, there's, the uh, no, She
1: did admit to the bunny thing, so maybe that's...
0: Oh, oh, no, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to this unevenness as we have these scenes come up, but she does... I, I, she can come back and fall, I guess.
1: And like it is alluded to that um, this is not related to her punishment, which is wild, and I refuse to give <laughs> any more mental energy to. We do find out that Neil does in fact live with Gloria in Seattle. Yeah. So great right. work, Neil. All
0: right. Uh, so Summer uh, is packing up her room. She is keeping pancakes. She she is now just our well, they. We don't. We actually don't know. No.
1: Yeah. Pancakes is just a bunny.
0: Just a bunny. Uh. She is keeping them,
1: and she takes down all of her posters. And then in walks Shay, and he talks about how he's heard that Summer got struck down by the iron fist of justice, but his life is real cool.
0: <laughs> Something he learned about on the reservation is sometimes the weaker gazelle must be sacrificed. And like, well, and then she starts saying like she's a martyr. And things like, no, you can't make someone else a martyr, Shay. It,
1: Shay, you cannot decide that I am the weaker gazelle. <laughs> I am the stronger gazelle. <laughs> And let's be fair, in any situation ever, she is definitely the stronger gazelle yeah. than him.
0: I I do like the idea that essentially Shay's villainy is so banal in such a great way. Because he, he literally does. He's like, I just, I didn't understand that this would make you feel bad. Because <laughs> he's, he's not he's smart. Like,
1: Summer. I'm a handsome white man. I'm important.
0: I didn't understand that you would that you you would not like this.
1: Why can't you support me? I'm so handsome and so white. And the
0: way I know we're gonna get more of this is when Shay walks out and we follow him down the hall. Like I don't understand how come she doesn't forgive me. I tried
1: so hard. <laughs> <laughs> like all right, dummy. All right, Shay.
0: Uh, We got a quick uh, cut over to Ryan, who hallucinates once again.
1: And then there's this insane camera shot, because Ryan is busy hallucinating as he ties his (laughs) shoes. Oh yeah,
0: he's like, he he, he does a... Full on, like, he's like full lunging, sp- just full spread lunge to tie his shoe. And I, I just want to point out, we've seen him tie his shoe before. He sits on the bed to tie his shoe.
1: But right now, <laughs> he's hallucinating Taylor, who is cleaning his windows. So he looks under his leg slash butt.
0: <laughs> and he's just staring off into space. And at some point, Kirsten came in in the middle of this, in him, in that pose. And we're just like, hey, buddy. Like,
1: hey, <laughs> I hear you need a friend, and I'm pretty bored. Can I have a storyline?
0: I hear that you, that with Seth moving away, you might need a new Seth. I could be a Seth.
1: I'm a grown woman.
0: I'm a be- I am would probably be a better Seth. <laughs> so, and Ryan's
1: like, I mean, you can try to be a Seth. Yeah. And she says, what should I do? And he says, you should talk about yourself and allow me to solve my own problems. <laughs> That's
0: usually how it works. Well, no, usually what happens is that – actually happens is that Seth – talks about his problems enough that Ryan can take the things that he said and apply them to himself.
1: But in this case, Kirsten does none of that. She just thinks that Taylor is really cute, and she thinks that Ryan's hallucinations are really cute, and maybe <laughs> Ryan should try to be happy.
0: <laughs> Potentially cute. I mean, we still we do not know the underlying medical condition that could result in that daytime hallucinations. And
1: Kirsten should be more concerned about Absolutely.
0: this. Absolutely. <laughs> it just it just reminds me of, like, the, there's that storyline in, I think, Bones, where, um... David Boreanaz's his character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. He's bones. No, no, no she's, bones. she's bones.
1: He's brighter.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, he uh, is like hallucinating Stewie from Family Guy for a couple episodes, and then huh. and then they got then when he reveals it, they're like, "Oh no, you definitely have a tumor," and he had a tumor.
1: Now Ryan might have a tumor, but all we know is that Kirsten's like. Maybe you allow yourself to be happy. Maybe you should hang out with a cute, sweet person who's very excited to hang out with you. She
0: says, after all that bad stuff, maybe sometimes you just have to embrace if something good is happening. And he's like, you know what? Maybe you're right.
1: Speaking of something good, Spencer arrives to return Caitlin's tennis racket. And she hits on him and he says, you're
0: jailbait. <laughs> he's like, no, why don't you just like hang out, hang out with high school? <laughs> Kids your own age. And this... Brings into something where I don't know if caitlin has been to school yet.
1: <laughs> she may not have been because everyone she meets is like, wait, Who you, you go here? Who you? <laughs> no, but we've seen her at school.
0: Oh, I think she's been to a school building. <laughs> I don't know if she's been to the verb of school.
1: Mm, has she been to a class? Who knows? Was she going to Rule Harbor? I guess she got distracted.
0: <laughs> Ryan... How do you explain this? Is he walking towards his work and is about to hallucinate?
1: Yeah, because the music of the hallucination rises, and then Taylor's real-life voice comes in and
0: disrupts the
1: hallucination. Did he, like,
0: sense her behind him or, like, smell her or something, and his hallucination was about to begin? No, he just remembered her being at his work, eating all that guacamole and burritos. This is what I mean by, like, this, this... episode these couple of episodes of the OC are actually clever in such a great way cuz they set up two hallucinations and they set up a fake hallucination where he's where like you see from a third party someone about to go into a sex dream
1: a daytime sex dream but don't worry yeah. real Taylor's there and it turns out that real Taylor is working Seth's shifts at the comic
0: book store. Yeah, yeah, she is. Remember, her? that's the one thing her and Seth bonded over. She's really, she's really into like Japanese splatter films. Oh, no,
1: I know she loves that. My question is. How does she work there?
0: I, I, Once again, I assume Seth owns this store.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot. He's the he's the business manager. Oh, yeah. No,
0: this, this was the nail in the coffin for me that Seth owns this store. That he's able to just be like, hey, here's my random friend from France. She will run this store.
1: Goodbye, sirs and madams. I am
0: disappearing for a week.
1: So she's not stalking Ryan. She's going to cover Seth. Yeah. And she's also very sorry that she kissed Ryan, (laughs) because now he's being a real weirdo.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And Ryan's like, nope. Totally normal. Please go on a date with me.
0: Yep. Yeah, she, he asks her to hang out. Uh, and she says, yeah, well, they'll hang out at the comic book store because, I guess, she owns it. Well, he owns it. <laughs> she
1: she's, can go there at any time she wants. She can go there
0: at any time. It's just the Wild West in that comic book store, really.
1: I do like, though, when he asks her what she's doing, about me, she's like, oh, I'm updating my blog. It's about my sexual adventures.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. You know, that seems about in line with Taylor. Like,
1: Taylor, great. <laughs> you really go update your live journal.
0: Can I just say and we see this a few times the amount that every human being around Taylor understands Taylor instantly is is astonishing. Is astonishing. Like there's no moment where everyone's like, "Why would you do that?" I was like, "Oh, no, that seems to make sense." Absolutely. <laughs> this is everything that Taylor would do.
1: Now, following up this amazing scene is an equally amazing transition. <laughs> For the first time ever on this show in Three and a half seasons, we get to see the thing that has been talked about so much. We
0: actually get to see water polo. We see, we see a part of Harbor School that we've never... I think it's because they, it's actually not the Harbor School set. Yeah, this I, is somewhere else. Yeah, because they don't have to do the Harbor School set. This is just another set. But we see water polo.
1: And... For some reason, what Spencer said really, really really got got got, to Caitlin. Caitlin, So she has decided to go to a water polo match, and she talks to a blonde man who is not a ward. Yeah, he is. Nope, he is a different person whose name is Gord.
0: Oh, because
1: we see him later.
0: Well, I know, but I just assumed he was the other because we only get we only get a highlight of one ward this episode. Then no, this curly haired ward,
1: curly haired ward, when he passes out when his face is written on. Yeah, other ward is there, but when they play. Um, seven Minutes in Heaven there is a third blonde man this, this,
0: yeah who is the guy she talked to in the pool who is not a ward he's not that ward no they, they, here's the thing they've had too many characters who look very similar and the ward brothers the only thing that differentiates them is one is one has like very sharp features and short hair another one has curly hair and is a little bit shorter maybe
1: now I could be wrong but Caitlin does talk to this blonde man and blonde men do love Caitlin. And by mening mean boys, they're boys.
0: I fi- I, the reason I figure it's the Wards is we know they're both. A- no, no, we know they are. That is, that is one of the Wards. No, I know
1: they're both on the Wards no, no, no. team.
0: We know that that is one of the Ward brothers. Because she, when she goes and talks to Leah and Olivia, they, uh, they say, oh, you were just talking to him. He's so attractive. And she says, yeah, his brother shaves his chest. That was one of the Wards.
1: So what is more important in this scene? No, what's Which, important is that I was right. No, what is more important <laughs> is this episode stars... Two Pretty Little Liar stars.
0: <laughs> is it Olivia and Leah? No. Nope. Is it uh, one of them Riley?
1: One of them is Leah. Okay. And that's Janelle Paris. And one of them is Riley. And th- that is Ashley Benson. And I refuse to learn their character names. I just wrote down their names I, the entire time. I
0: just have a sequence where I wrote down all of the new character names because they because they're just quickly like, all right, here's Olivia and here's Leah. And they're two girls and they like uh, one of the Ward brothers. And, and they, they like that
1: Caitlyn talks to them. Because
0: they have never seen her before, ever.
1: And Caitlin would just like to smoke some pot, but they cannot smoke that pot, for they have to do something with invitations for Ashley Benson's party.
0: <laughs> Riley, who I did, to be fair, I did first write down her name as Miley. Uh, but <laughs> Riley, uh, Riley is dressed like a mix between Taylor and Marissa.
1: And she is mean, just like original Taylor and
0: original Marissa. Yeah yeah, it's it's not unsubtle who she is referenced to.
1: And Caitlin looks at her and does not like any of that meanness.
0: We do we do also get introduced to um, Riley's boyfriend, Connor, who's across the pool and waves at her. He's also on water polo. He's also on water polo. Uh, and then we learn a little bit about about Riley. She is definitely the mean girl. She's Riley, having a
1: is throwing a pimps and hoes party for this is 2007. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, this this is this is peak young white girl in 2007.
1: And Caitlyn is interested in none of this. Well, the,
0: the thing that like, this really taught me is I remember, the last time we really saw Caitlyn refer to anything at school at all, she's like, oh, I'm going to be, now. I'm going to be the queen of harbor. She really is kind of like the weirdo outsider.
1: Because she doesn't care about the politics.
0: And I think we are supposed to maybe infer that it's because of Marissa's death, but it's so disconnected from everybody else's reaction to Marissa's death that it doesn't feel like that was...
1: The sense I get about Caitlyn, and mm. as you know, I'm a Caitlyn apologist. Absolutely, I think Caitlyn has always been too much... Ever since they sent her away to that weird school and she transformed from Shaylen Woodley to Willa Holland, she is too old for her, like, life. She's always been involved in things that are too adult, especially because she's Julie's child and not Jimmy's child. Mm -hmm. So she has no patience for these high school politics. She can, like, run laps around them at any time.
0: I'm not sure if she can and I, I don't know if that really deals with the fact that the last time, we the big thing we saw from her was, uh, r- run, Harbor.
1: Yeah, and then she got to Harbor, and she was like, well, that's that. <laughs> I don't want to run this place. This place is crazy.
0: It's it's just funny that we see that, that this is the first time we really see her in a high school element, not around the ward bros um, who mm-hmm. hang off of her, and not just at a, not at a school thing. This is the first time we see her at high school, and we learn that she is, really, she's the I, in, in, in the in the grand scheme of The Breakfast Club, she is the basket case, I guess?
1: But the basket case kind of cares that she's the basket case. And I would argue that Caitlyn 100% does not care. <laughs> I don't
0: know. She's a little sad. In, she, she seems a little bit weird in this scene when the other two won't go smoke pot with her.
1: I don't think she seems sad. I think she just seems, like, confused about the dynamic. <laughs>
0: Well, that's because she hasn't gone to... That's the thing. This this is like, what? Late November, early December? We know next episode is uh, Christmas. Christmas. Because we
1: know it's a Christmas episode. Christmas
0: episode. So <laughs> she, she's been to school now since September, and she doesn't... And it seems like she doesn't know the school she
1: just thinks they're children <laughs> mostly because they're children
0: yep uh all right so we'll sort of pick up a little bit seth arrives at brown and calls ryan It's mostly just a bunch of like vague talking about what's going on
1: seth had so many delays he yeah. has plans he is there to surprise summer she does not know he's coming yes and ryan wants to talk about his problems again but as we know from the earlier scene no
0: Yeah, Uh, we we once again are going to see something that we have never seen before in all the time has existed. We actually see the matchmaking service being done.
1: And we find out that some blonde lady doesn't like Newport men.
0: Yes, she she explains that she wanted seven people. They're all the same seven people. Essentially, they're all Republican real estate developers. Yeah, um, hates their ex-wife and loves golf. She wants someone who's different who will surprise her. And then bullet comes in and it's weirdly implied that he is not a republic. I know he's not a real estate developer, but a Republican who hates his ex wife and loves. We know a few I mean, things about bullet. I don't,
1: I don't know that bullet has an ounce of hate in his heart. I don't think that that.
0: I know we'll we'll get to that. I think I know what you've heard of. We'll get to that scene and it's, yeah, it's it's he's a very strange man.
1: I don't think he hates. I think he loves everything. Yeah, we,
0: but wrong. Yeah, man, we get we get a. We get so many facefuls of bullet here, and specifically in this scene.
1: So, remember last episode when Kevin and I were like, oh my God, well, you know, he wasn't going to invest in their company because he found out about Julian Spencer. No, just, he
0: didn't. Yeah, I I, I don't know if Caitlyn did anything at all to him. I think he never intended to not invest. Because
1: he loves Julie. Oh, he
0: comes in with a big smile on her face and a big giant voice, and he and he says he says these exact words. The words that Ryan Atwood cannot say, which is, I'm going to pick up my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and Julie continues to just berate and insult him, and he just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she says, you repulse me. And he goes, that's cool. <laughs> You're right. (laughs) Bullet is the (laughs) anti-Ryan. Yeah. Bullet is so confident in his monstrosity. Um, Yeah. I I think she's like, one, you repulse me. And two, I'm busy. And then he goes, "What?" I'm like, "Well, one, that's cool." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and two, busy doing what? And Julie makes up the most insane lie.
0: No, this isn't the lie. This is the giant taser.
1: Oh, that's right. And he likes the taser.
0: Oh yeah, no, there is nothing she can do that he will not adore her for.
1: <laughs> Has he never seen a redheaded woman? Is that what this is? I I
0: I was trying to figure out like why when he, why why they had that whole change where he walks in. And like after after that, Pam does the whole talking about all the people in in a uh, Newport. He walks in and you kind of have uh, Kirsten say, like, um, "Oh well, you know, there there's different." Uh, but- I'm like, is he really different or is he just louder than everyone else? And I think he's just louder than everyone. Like in every, I don't just mean volume wise. I mean, and everything about him.
1: I mean, Bullet does express his feelings about things, which if there's one thing we know about Newport, they just say other things that imply their feelings. No, he
0: he points at it, and outright just is like, yeah, I mean, I assume you're anorexic. <laughs> he
1: does do that yeah. numerous times.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he, like, makes assumptions about people, but he doesn't, like, let those assumptions color his view of them. He, he still just, likes them. He <laughs> just assumes that that's true, and that's just the way things are, and it's...
1: And the way things are are great.
0: <laughs> All right, let's 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 pick up with a with an, uh, date that will probably go a little bit better, we hope.
1: So Taylor and Ryan are hanging out in the comic book store, and it is reaffirmed to us that Taylor... Loves anime, especially yep. the violent type.
0: Yep, they're wa- they're watching some horror anime uh,
1: that she watches every night before they, bed. in
0: bed, they 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 like both reach for the popcorn and touch hands. Then Ryan puts his arm around her. He does it with
1: like the little yawn thing? It's so cute. And mm-hmm. then they lean in to kiss, except that Ryan just stops leaning <laughs> halfway through.
0: Yep, and he's like, "Nope, nope, nope, no, never mind." He's
1: like, "Too weird. It's too weird." And Taylor's like. And you know that Taylor thinks that means she's she's too weird. And Ryan goes, no,
0: it was me. I am the weird one.
1: But Taylor, I can't tell you my feelings.
0: I'm not a bullet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, meanwhile, meanwhile, because Taylor is out, and Ryan's out, Mm. and Kirsten is out, I guess, at work. I
0: don't know. Summer somehow finds a way into Seth's room. (laughs)
1: And she's there with her bags and with her pancakes. Mm-hmm. And then she gets a phone call, and Seth is also in her room.
0: Yeah. Ooh, what a fun what a fun turnabout of events. Uh, she tells him about Shay. Uh, Seth
1: is going to hunt him down. He needs to
0: avenge her honor.
1: And, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's Gonna going- go
0: Ryan Atwood on him.
1: Going after Star-Lord is always a good choice. <laughs> and Sandy has decided the time has come for... Sandy to be the new Seth.
0: Yeah, it's like my turn to audition for uh, for a Seth role. And
1: it's like Sandy, you can't be a Seth. You're a co dad with Ryan. Stick to your dadding.
0: But he does Seth pretty good here. I mean, do you prefer both the Seths are better than Seth is? This is true. They the, both
1: actually try to help th- Ryan. R- really,
0: really, Seth's biggest thing is that his problems are usually related to Ryan's problems, so Ryan can learn from Seth.
1: And in this episode, Sandy and Kirsten have no problems.
0: No, despite a weird assumption that they do. Uh, <laughs> Seth, <laughs> or not Seth, Sandy Seth, Sandy says that maybe the problem is you think it's too soon. And maybe- Ryan
1: goes, Yeah. The problem's me. I thought it was Voychuk, not Voychuk. And then it is again implied that Marissa was his one true love, but we're not going to talk about this. (laughs) Everyone knows our feelings about this, and that's that it's wrong.
0: Sandy suggests that he keeps it casual, that maybe they could, though when he says keeps it casual, he means stay friends.
1: And what Ryan thinks is... Well,
0: stay friends, I think, as well.
1: (laughs) But, like, what most people mean by keep it casual is, like...
0: Well, date a little bit well, that's what Taylor means here yeah. when she when she thinks casual
1: but uh Ryan and co new Seth right. eh, yeah. eh. they're both pretty good Seths yeah. let's be real
0: uh, now, you might be wondering, because last time we saw Summer, she was sitting in Seth's room uh, with none of the parents anywhere in sight. And now it's suddenly the next morning. Where Where is Summer?
1: Summer is laying on a daybed, and it is unclear for a long time
0: <laughs> where she is. Where
1: that daybed is. I was
0: like, okay. but t- I mean, maybe she for some reasons in the back of the Cohen house. But this doesn't look like the Cohen house. The Cohen house back is like a cliffside, essentially.
1: Now, I think we just have to spoil it now. Yeah. It is her house. Yeah, she's
0: she's in the back of her house.
1: And her her bunny is just hopping around. Yeah. But first, we have some great stuff. Seth, he kicks into Che's room. Yeah. Like, kicks in. Oh, yeah,
0: he, he he busts that door frame.
1: And we smell Che's musk, but he's not there.
0: But he has left a DVD for Seth.
1: And it says...
0: That Che has heard of his vendetta.
1: And he has <laughs> taken to the wind. He is,
0: he is in hiding. And I'm like, how... How? How?
1: <laughs> I mean, I assumed the door to Summer's room was open and he himself walked past.
0: I assume that was the case as well, because as far as we know, they live with a common room between them. The only reason I assume that Seth did do it that night is because he's like, oh, it's late, man. I can't, he's too tired. I can't do revenge tonight.
1: So Seth is going to watch the DVD again and again for sound
0: clues. <laughs> well, except for Summer's like, don't. Don't. I- just,
1: I- just come home. Just,
0: don't do that. And then Julie comes out. (laughs) Well, of course, Julie. This would be the weirdest thing to ever experience.
1: The person whose father owns the home you live in is just outside, (laughs) wrapped up in a blanket with a bunny.
0: Yeah. So she kind of learns a little bit about Summer's plight. uh, And the reason that Summer says she's in the back is because, you know, Taylor's in her room. So Summer's going to need to kick Taylor out of her room. Taylor has boundary issues.
1: But we'll talk about this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Riley now has to, I guess, invite everyone to her pimps and hoes party. And she does it through what what essentially is a rose ceremony.
1: Now, I'm not sure why she chose to do this, because yesterday, her friends had to leave the water polo to do invitations, <laughs> which means she has physical invitations she could just put in someone's locker well, or she, something. She
0: wants to give it to them there. She's doing a rose ceremony. She gives everybody an honor. Uh, and I can only assume, because remember, those two did the invitations, she has invitations for all of them. And then she
1: decides what she, she's going to give just, out.
0: Yeah. Then she only some of them get them.
1: Now, no one notices during the scene. There a puff of
0: hot <laughs> smoke it is it is a very bad VFX it like
1: it's like if you're ever watching a high school play that has like a semi okay smoke machine that's just like pff, pff, I'm smoke
0: pff. yeah it's it, essentially it it the implication there seems to be that Caitlin could smoke pot right around the corner. And it will. <laughs> float
1: no one out. will smell it. It'll float out.
0: Oh no, they all smell. They're just ignoring it. But it, <laughs> but the smoke will float out eight or ten feet in full plumes.
1: Now Riley invites some unremarkable girls, but most importantly, does not invite her friends because they're I, sloppy liquors. I'm
0: not sure they're her friends.
1: It's really <laughs> hard to say. Hey,
0: I think they're just popular girl hanger-ons.
1: So they're like Taylor's minions.
0: No, because I think Taylor's minions were, were more popular were, than Taylor. Well, I think we're more friends than. I mean, uh, it's hard with Taylor. Uh, I th- I think they're they're more like not Mercy people, Mercy's group, but the pe- other people in like Marissa's.
1: When Marissa had friends in the first episode.
0: Yeah, kind of like a little, a little bit looser than that. I think maybe the other people in the uh, what's it, the party committee.
1: Oh yeah, I remember the party committee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, Caitlin overhears Ashley Benson being mean, <laughs> yeah. and decides to throw her own party that all the losers can come to. Yeah, she is.
0: Just, Anybody who was not invited to that party, instead, you may go to my party where I'll have five kegs and no parents, and also I'm lying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then everyone's very excited, and Caitlin's like, hmm, I did a gamble. Uh,
0: no, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I honestly can't figure out Caitlin's motivation this episode.
1: Now, to be fair, Caitlin only has half a parent,
0: so. It's true. Uh, and she will wait to the last minute to get that half parent out. Uh, but we will have to catch up with that later because first we have to figure out what's going on with her parent, her half parent. <laughs>
1: So her half-parent is busy running her business, and <laughs> in comes Spencer. Yeah,
0: the way this is, like, shot is we begin with Julie and uh, and Kirsten just talking off-camera, being like, are you sure you want to sign up? I mean, most of the women in here are, like, over 35, and the, our sign-up fee's pretty steep. And I'm like, are they talking to Bullet?
1: Which is also what I thought.
0: And then, boom, no, it's Spencer. Not only is it Spencer, it's who I refer to as his boys.
1: It's other hot men. <laughs> and we immediately find out that Bullet <laughs> paid all these hot men to sign up for this dating service. Yeah. To solve Julie's problems. Yeah. And his own problems, I guess, because he is an investor in this business. I don't...
0: know. I, you know what... It's the, literally... You know what the nice thing is? because They have made it very clear when Bullet was first introduced that he does not care about getting money out of this business. He's just bored. So I can... So I'm... I'm... I'm willing to take that for um for, you know, its whole thing. He doesn't honestly care
1: if it works or not. If he- it
0: works or not. I don't think he even cares if Julie hates him and his money's in the bi- It's actually I like that. His money's in the business and he never uses that over Julie at all. Maybe later episodes, but this one never.
1: He just seems to think that maybe if she wasn't distracted by work, she might want to have dinner with him.
0: Well she did say she's she's busy because they're trying to do this job and they don't have enough bachelors. Alright and... and she said
1: she had to go out and meet guys.
0: Yeah. So So oh, he provided goes. guys. Yep. So he, yep, he uh he made them all sign up and then this is where Julie to get out of a <laughs> day with Bullet is like oh I can't I'm going away for the weekend.
1: And he's like oh, I could go away for the weekend.
0: No, no, I'm going away with uh with with Kirsten and Sandy there. I
1: could I could do that.
0: No, you see, they're doing like a recommitment ceremony at the montage.
1: Bullets there.
0: <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> 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 well, I do like how he points out that he's like, I'm going with Julie and, G- and Kirsten. It's like their anniversary. Like you're you're going, with She's their like, anniversary.
1: <laughs> yeah, they want me.
0: <laughs> they want me. That I'm always there. Which I mean, to be fair, at this point. At this point in in season four, I would say, yeah, they're like, Julie, you have to come along. We're afraid if we leave you alone for too long, you'll turn Seth into a hitman. There's too many
1: children involved, Julie. At this
0: point, we're just, man, we're just going to keep our eye on you.
1: We need to know where you are at all times.
0: So Ryan uh, takes his time to go visit Taylor at the and comic book store.
1: He tries to explain that they should take it slow, but he does not get the words out because some nerd named Roger is there.
0: Yes, R- Roger, who's interested also in some, fil- some Japanese films, and Taylor is very clearly using him to make Ryan jealous.
1: And everyone knows.
0: Except for Ryan, actually.
1: (laughs) That's true. Ryan's just, like, genuinely (laughs) upset. He's like, look at Taylor. She's so happy. She's so happy (laughs) hanging out with that nerd. This...
0: I don't... I know. I cannot remember, honestly, the last three years of the OC. It's all just a blur, really. Um, It feels like this isn't the first time this happened to Ryan, right? Ryan
1: Ryan (laughs) believes every single (laughs) other human's lies.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't... (laughs) I don't know.
1: Like, I don't even know why Teresa was worried about lying to him about the baby or not. He believes every word that comes out of a woman's mouth.
0: Well, I mean, that's good for him.
1: Good for Ryan.
0: And now we will reach the, the turning point of this episode because Summer um, is calling, has called Seth since you she her her, you know, she told her dad and all this. Her dad's
1: pretty upset, but that's yeah. not going to be a plot point. Yep. Because
0: ding dong the door rings and she thinks it's Seth that he all of a sudden shot forward
1: yeah cause he has arrived in california but he's got to get there from the airport
0: yeah uh it's, it's not, not him. him
1: it's shay
0: and he has uh, returned to atone for his sins
1: summer closes the door then she reopens it he's still there she closes it again So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin.
0: What did you learn this week?
1: What did I learn this week? Well, I have been looking at Mr. Honey for a while. Mr. Honey. <laughs> Just in general. You know, from Riverdale, and thinking, I don't love that I think he's hot.
0: <laughs> I think I saw him in something else.
1: I'll tell you what you saw him in, maybe. What? You may have seen him in Dawson's Creek.
0: I definitely did not see him in Dawson's Creek.
1: Dawson's Creek, a show of its time. It's a show that ran from the late 90s to the early 2000s. A show that was equal parts like kind of inspiring and also a show of its time. So kind of problematic. Yeah. Mr. Honey, the actor who played him, played Jack on Dawson's Creek. Jack and Andy were characters who moved there, I think, in the second season. They were siblings. Um, Jack dated Joey, Katie Holmes, for a while. And then he realized, in the process of writing a poem, that he was, in fact, gay.
0: Okay. Again, it was a show the, of its time. In the process of writing a poem.
1: Like he, you know, he was trying to write the poem, and Dawson was Dawson was like, just write what's in your heart.
0: He's like, oh, my heart is different than what my brain said earlier.
1: My heart tells me that I have feelings for an unknown man. hmm Jack was the first prime time male male kiss, oh, on a like teen drama, any of that kind of thing, which makes it wild that Mr. Honey is Mr. Honey.
0: Yeah, it's it's all. He almost feels like knowing that he feels like he he's almost some sort of like legacy casting. Except for it doesn't feed into him.
1: They do do a great job of it. Not saying that they
0: would have to like. Not saying that he that that actor would have to always be re, like reflected by that. But, but
1: Riverdale does that. Like Riverdale casts Skeet Allrich, Molly Ringwald, Madden. I'm sorry, woman who plays Alice. I cannot pronounce your name. Match your name, Matchin Machen- M- Amchuk. Yeah,
0: Emic Emic Matchin I want to say.
1: Um. Luke Perry, Andrews, Mark Consuelos. <laughs> <Luke> Fair... <laughs> yeah, yeah right. but like Riverdale casts people who mean something in the cultural zeitgeist.
0: Yeah, and th- this feels like such a weird
1: because they did cast someone who means something in the cultural zeitgeist, and, and, and
0: not as even like a I don't know. It's weird.
1: And like Mr. Honey was, I mean, not a tiny character.
0: The best, com- the best comparison given to him is um, when Gina Gershon was. Mm -hmm. Um, but like that felt within But that
1: meant something yeah it
0: felt something weird weird yeah
1: so I mean I had been looking at him being like I know this man I know this attractive man and I don't like that I think he's attractive (laughs) but now that I've made the Dawson's Creek connection
0: Uh, (gasps) ah yes attractive from my youth
1: Ah, I remember those days (laughs) so I mean it's a weird connection and I don't know what why how but they did that
0: so Caitlin uh, has her kegs arrive. I guess she has. See, yeah. I don't know why she waited this long, but she still has to get her mom out of the house.
1: I guess maybe she just thought that like her mom would
0: be she, out. It's funny. She really just it really feels like she just kind of hoped that something that somehow it would work out. And, and really, she just in a way, have to deal with. It. And really, in a way, it does because she does. goes she goes over to talk to Julie, and Julie's packing up for the weekend because Julie. Being a bad mother, did not tell her daughter she would be gone for the weekend,
1: and she is
0: going away. So I guess with the timing, it's there's potential possibility that this literally is like Julie. Like Julie learned from Bull that now they have to do this fake like it could recommitment be like ceremony. Two hours later. She's like, by the way, I have to go do a fake recommit.
1: <sighs> and to be fair, she does. I mean, I know that Summer and Taylor are like. 18 they're
0: teenagers you can leave taylor in charge
1: yeah i was gonna say she does have two grown adults living in that house no,
0: taylor can be in charge taylor taylor is fine uh summer is a little bit more sketchy but she's she's Ju- she went julie, to brown julie does not know how much she's grown up at brown uh really it's just she's around but
1: <laughs> and she is technically a legal adult so absolutely
0: so they're gonna do that uh <laughs> also shay is there <laughs> he he will also be in charge, I guess.
1: And I mean, he is a grown man. Yeah. So Che and yeah. Summer kind of storm past and rant at each other, and both Julie and uh, Caitlin give real good eye. Yeah, they're like, just oh, like,
0: oh. I mean, this is a really weird family, and I'm really into like the idea of that. There's Julie and her daughter, and then just the the daughter of her ex. Fiance, who
1: owns the house. And then
0: just, like, their high school friend who was married. In, like, this this is the premise of the full house.
1: And, like, Taylor was barely their high school friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she
1: became their friend, like, the last six months That's of high true. school.
0: That's true. The high school. And one well, for a while, Summer wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so now we kind of learn... Passed. Yeah, we sort of learned Shay's plan here.
1: Which <laughs> is eventually that he wants to go outside and have a truth circle. Yeah, uh... He thinks he can just, you know, chay his way into Summer forgiving him.
0: Yeah, like, I... I, 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 I get... Uh, he, he really only wants forgiveness. Like...
1: He has no interest in fixing the situation. He just doesn't want her to be mad. He just,
0: yeah, doesn't want her to be mad. Um, So the way that he does it is he... <laughs> Handcuffs them to each other.
1: As you do. Because
0: eventually she will have to forgive him, is what he imagines.
1: So Julie leaves. Taylor arrives home and she has Roger with her because she's really committing to the bet. Yeah. Summer and Che are handcuffed together. The wards are bringing in kegs. Oh my god, such hijinks. Can Taylor we... does try to mum this.
0: Yeah, can we... Just take a moment here and just dwell on the fact that Taylor comes in and goes as summer's like you know cleaning up a room and goes, "Oh, you're moving back in, okay can we you know can can we put some stuff in I guess the guest room like I was gonna move some to the guest room, I'm like, why didn't summer sleep in the guest room
1: and then Taylor says, Which guest room there's which means multiple- there's
0: multiples summer." Why why did you sleep outside?
1: Because Taylor likes nature. Or sorry, Summer likes nature now.
0: I mean, that's potentially the, the thing there. I also
1: want to point out the wildness. That Summer and her dad and the stepmonster yeah. lived in a house that had a bedroom for Marissa that was connected to Summer's yeah. and more than one guest bedroom. But the Cohen house only has rooms <laughs> for Seth and Cohen adult.
0: I mean, here's the one thing we do know about this house though. This is a mansion.
1: I'm pretty sure the Cohens live in a mansion too. Well, yeah,
0: but I mean, this is mansion by mansion standards. Like, yeah. I, I felt like that was the way it was always treated. Like, this house, this house was kind of like the um, um, the the big house when Julie dated Caleb. Caleb. Yeah.
1: Now, I will say, I do appreciate that in the world of the OC and in their internal logic, a plastic surgeon who probably does like reconstructive surgery. Like, I know he does face. I don't know boob lifts. Yeah. But I'm sh- like all plastic surgeons do your reconstructive stuff. Yeah. Like burn victims, blah, blah, blah. So I do appreciate that in the logic of this world, a plastic surgeon yeah. makes more money than Sandy and Kirsten, who have no jobs.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're really just running off of that real estate money <laughs>
1: from that <laughs> company that doesn't exist.
0: I mean, like b- before. Yeah. I assume their house is bought off.
1: I would think so, too. I'm sure they bought in
0: cash. Yeah, I don't think they're paying mortgage on the house.
1: Now, while all these hijinks are going on, we do find out that Kirsten brought Sandy to the Montage, montage. which is the hotel. Yeah. But she didn't tell him about Julie or Bullet, so he's very surprised by Bullet. Or the
0: recommitment ceremony.
1: And I love these hijinks. I want
0: to throw a little bit out to the fact that Bullet, like, playfully flirts with Sandy
1: Oh yeah, he ca- he, ca-
0: he. I think he calls her he calls he calls him Sandra Cohen at one point, and he says, "Oh, if my if my girlfriend wasn't so sweet, I'd be scoping you out." He says that at set. San- I was trying to feel. Like, is he talking to Kirsten? I'm like, no, he
1: he doesn't like Kirsten. She's too skinny. No,
0: but he. You know what? I, what what, what he is like I'm just saying that I, that I think sexuality is fluid, and I'm not.
1: <laughs> You're a handsome man, Sandy Cohen. And- <laughs> this is what
0: I mean. Like bullet is. Is hard to pin down because there's moments and there's extended moments where you're like, well, he's clearly, you know, he's bigot- clearly garbage. Yeah, he's garbage. He's bigoted. But he also ha- he has this confidence and this this and this willingness to just hit on another dude.
1: So while all of this is going on, Ryan is just hanging at home watching terrible, terrible <laughs> TV.
0: Yeah, the trashiest trash TV.
1: And then he has another Taylor Taylor hallucination, and that hallucination is on his TV screen. Thank God Seth arrives home.
0: <laughs> to break him out of a hallucination.
1: And Seth's like, I gotta go talk to my girlfriend. And Ryan's like, yep, me too. Your girlfriend, I mean. I'm coming with you.
0: I love this sequence of these three like, Seths, essentially. Let's be clear. There are three Seths. <laughs> yeah. You get Kirsten, who gives him advice, and you get Sandy, who gives him advice, and then Seth, who doesn't give him advice, but he does what I said earlier, he's solving his own problem, and Ryan hangs on to it.
1: And that solves Ryan's that problem. That solves Ryan's
0: problem. He he gets three Seth moments here from three different, from the Coens.
1: Yeah, from all three Seths. As
0: it turns out, Seth's whole Sething is a Cohen thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's a family thing.
1: So off we go to the party, which is a classic teen party.
0: (laughs) So much partying. Taylor walking out, putting on this like high-pitched mom voice, just being like, who wants to play Pictionary? I don't know what motivated this moment to go through her head. But but it's it's, great. it's, It's great. She gets splashed. Summer is just being- Filled with rage. Yeah, trying to move people off of things. Che is handing out condoms.
1: He's like a lame dad. He tries to dance at one point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry, Che. You are no dad.
0: And we do get uh, hear about what, what Caitlin's apparently up to, is she's organizing seven minutes in heaven.
1: And this is proper seven, seven minutes in heaven, where you draw names,
0: Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> Not spin a bottle, or use an app, as from the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... So she goes. She pull, draws a name, and this is might be the wildest reveal in television history.
1: So this is Ashley Benson's boyfriend.
0: Yeah, it's Con- she draws Connor, and it cuts to Connor being there. And I'm like, why is Connor at your party?
1: Because there's kegs.
0: They kind of they kind of play it off with Leah with because he apparently he checks with Leah.
1: Yeah, to see if he can go and do
0: it. <laughs> yeah, to see what she says. Um and she, she says oh you'd already get enough trouble not going to her party I'm like but why I it just seems weird that <laughs> <And> he's like <laughs> just spontaneously at this party so
1: in goes Caitlin and Connor to do their seven minutes in heaven and he just wants to talk about her emotions Oh, all,
0: all, all of his like pre bravado of like I guess we just don't have to tell her huh? she's on the side he's like hi
1: you're pretty <laughs> I never see you at school <laughs>
0: why, why aren't you at school ever
1: and Caitlin's like, you don't want to kiss me, do you?
0: Yeah. Uh, and then
1: she tries to kiss him and she looks at him and goes, oh, you're gay.
0: I never like the, the uh, was it the outing that somebody else figures out that they're gay?
1: I will say, I get the sense that Connor knows he just needs to hear someone else say it.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he, like, his reaction to that is very... It's hard to tell at some point. Some of, some of the some of the acting the actor puts in feels like he didn't commit fully into which which dis- yeah. which What did Connor know before? Is this Connor's? It's, like- a
1: writ- it's a written. Like, if you just listen to the lines themselves, the lines seem to lead to him being like, no, I'm not. Yeah. And her being like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to call you on your shit because I'm Caitlin and that's what I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway,
1: meanwhile...
0: We learn that Bullet is wildly anti-Semitic.
1: Yeah, he talks a lot about the Jews and asks why, (laughs) if
0: the Jews... He comes in hard with, now we all know that the (laughs) the Jews are very good at money and money lending. Instead, he's like, wow. He's
1: like, but my question is, if you're in charge of the media, why don't you make... People think other people are in charge of the media, and,
0: and, and it's the sort of like, like bigoted mindset. The, the bigoted mindset you see where where they almost are defeating themselves.
1: Where he's like proved his own point he, that yeah, if he, <laughs> if someone was in charge of the media like as a conspiracy why wouldn't they make you think someone else was in charge of the media of but,
0: course but because bullet is and he admits not a smart man he doesn't see the 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 connection there and this is sort of where we have to go into well uh, we talk about like bullet is. Let's be clear, he's anti-Semitic, he's bigoted. He's he se- an ig- He's an he's, ignorant he's sexist. Bu-
1: buffoon, as Julie said. But he
0: is somehow able to do all of it without an ounce of hate. Like, his, like the things he believes are prejudice and stereotypes. But,
1: but it's like he's proud of the things that everyone in the world is doing.
0: Yeah, like, he... Well, the fact that what he says, what he says there, is almost like he's trying to well, because Sandy's Jewish, it's like he's trying to give advice to Sandy of how to better control the media.
1: It, it's wild. Now, I wish they hadn't pushed some of his things quite so far because it would be better. I, I think.
0: I think the the way I feel like is they like probably like back when he was saying those things. Like I mean, like on TV, those were the sort of things where you would be like, oh yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the guy you shuffle off to the corner, rather than now where it's like that's the kind of guy you have to deal with.
1: You need to burn him to the ground. <laughs> and I
0: think yeah, it doesn't I think it was like like he brings up it was like I- Iraq, Iran, whoever wins, America does. And, and like, like, come on, man.
1: For all things that Julie is, I feel like Julie is is a crusader for like the human experience?
0: Well, it it also feels like this is something that the actual writers of the show... Like, the writers of the show are very clearly are very cognizant of, um, like, LGBT uh, rights and all those yeah. things. Um, which is why he doesn't make any comments on those. He never
1: makes a gay joke. Which
0: is why I think... Even the writers at that time, in their mind, the things he was he was saying were shuffle off to the corner, old man things. He
1: could be worse. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's you know he's not making fun of gay people. Uh. And that's an unfortunate thing you will see all the time in old shows where even shows that are progressive in one way might not be progressive in other ways because that's a blind spot for the writers. They don't see that as much of a problem because their focus is on something else. How
1: do we show a bad guy? But a bad guy who's redeemable. Yeah,
0: that's why intersectionality is important.
1: So off Storm, he also (laughs) implies that Kirsten doesn't want to eat dinner so she can have more drinks and then... To be fair, Julie does not reveal her secret. She just says Kirsten doesn't drink.
0: Well, and then he actually kind of accepts it. Yeah,
1: he's like, oh, shouldn't have made that joke. Sorry.
0: Well, th- well, then she mentions the headache. Like, oh, and also not having <laughs> having sex. <laughs> I like that he is so he is so awful that they just give up. They give up on this sitcom lie. They they're like, you are too terrible that we're not even going to pretend we're doing this thing anymore. Goodbye.
1: So they leave, and Julie explains that it was all a lie because he's an <laughs> ignorant buffoon. <laughs>
0: I, this is something that you could do in, in the OC where you could have this sitcom like, oh my God, we have to pretend we're doing a recommitment so that this guy, and, but he's so much of a terrible person. <laughs> you just
1: give up. Just like,
0: that. No, we're done. Can you imagine that in the middle of like any, like any of the other sitcoms where they're like, oh, well now we have to pretend that we're dating or else this person's like, no, you know what? You're you're the worst. We're done.
1: It's like if Three's Company gave up on their entire <laughs> pretense halfway through the first episode.
0: No, you're a, because the landlord was such a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you know what? I hate you. We're done.
1: You know what? Don't say bad things about gays. I'm not gay. I'm straight, but I support them.
0: All right, uh, Ryan spends some time, maybe speaking of the case, um, Ryan <laughs> spends some time looking for Taylor, and he opens up a door.
1: And there's Roger, and Ryan's like, oh, God, Roger, oh, I would like Taylor. I'm, is is Taylor
0: Taylor in there? And it's not Taylor, it's Connor.
1: And Ro- Roger immediately flips <laughs> and reveals that Taylor was paying oh. him in rare Japanese. Except,
0: except for that's not really the way it goes through, because Ryan goes, hey, Roger, you should really right. tell Taylor because I think gay. she because I think she really likes you. And Roger goes, "What are you? No, what?
1: Ryan, Ryan, no, she's oh, you, me in uh, rare Japanese memorabilia. Oh,
0: you little bird! Uh, <laughs> no, this whole thing was a scam.
1: So it turns out he wasn't a nerd; he just wasn't straight.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: thanks, two thousand seven TV." <laughs>
0: Um. So yeah, she pretended to to pay uh, him to like her, and Rod's like, "Yeah, that sounds like Taylor. All right, I go better go find her."
1: So then, from across the party, Seth sees Che, and we have some fun antics with the fact that he is so large and Rachel Bilson is so small.
0: <laughs> yep, she. I do not know how this conversation, you, you know what, I just had to accept that this is the way this conversation was going on, and then she reveals that she's there, Seth is still trying to front on Shay. And
1: Seth does not see the handcuff, it is cleverly hidden this entire time.
0: Yep. Uh, so he gives Shay a push into the pool. Which
1: down goes Summer. <laughs>
0: Summer all believing Summer was going to try to drag him in with her. <laughs> and then you just get a shot of Seth being like, oh, what?
1: That doesn't seem right. <laughs> Hang
0: on a second there.
1: So Ashley Benson appears at Caitlin's party, and she's like, no one came to my party. And Caitlin's like, oh no, you had to dress like a (laughs) pimp or a hoe by accident. I
0: can't believe that no one came to Riley's party.
1: She doesn't have any kegs, Kevin. (laughs) When you're 17 and mean to people... Free beer is the one thing that will take people away from your party. I
0: I guess it's the one thing her party didn't have was underage drinking.
1: Also, she's mean. And Caitlyn's an unknown entity.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It seems like everyone's very excited to go to party. Anyway, so no one went to it because there's beer elsewhere.
1: And they didn't want to dress up as pimps and hoes because that's problematic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what they're all worried about.
1: Caitlyn knows it's problematic. She does not care for that. She does not care for that theme. I think she
0: just doesn't care about costumes. I think she just thinks costumes are silly.
1: Now, Ashley Benson explains to Caitlin that she's in charge of the school. And Caitlin's like, I was not playing Uh, for that.
0: Riley's like, the school is yours now, as per the tenants of high school. And
1: Caitlin's like, you know, I thought I wanted that. And then my sister died. So, um. I
0: mean, she doesn't say that at all.
1: She thinks it. But it
0: it sounds like she should have said something like that.
1: And instead she just says, "Ah, just don't be mean to your friends. I mean, I'm mean to the wards, but not as mean as you.
0: I think she is as mean to the wards. She ditches them outside of a party. She
1: does do that. Yeah, she
0: lit- she literally does the thing that she does, except for she does it actively in the moment.
1: Yeah, but they make her- they make her do things for them. Like they made her go and get the IDs.
0: Uh, she would have wanted to get the IDs anyways, though. She- I'm
1: just saying they have a symbiotic relationship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the point I'm most getting across in, the Caitlyn's. It feels like there were scenes cut not just from this episode, but from this season of, Ka- of like Caitlyn's story arc.
1: Because Caitlyn follows this up by calling the police <laughs> and turning in her own party. <laughs> yes. She was literally just making a point.
0: No, but then we never get an a real outcome to that.
1: So I think Caitlin was thinking the party would be one thing, but like then the hot guy was gay and oh I know I'm the I, reckoning with Ashley Benson was not satisfactory. Aaron, I literally mean,
0: when do the cops arrive? We never see them.
1: Yeah, but Caitlin is there alone, just her in the wards. <laughs> the, the sad music plays and the camera spins all around her. And then she cleans up a ward's face.
0: <sighs> all right, um, let's let's get to the rest of this party because the party does still keep just going. I don't know why. it. Uh, the cops never arrive.
1: So Che cries. Yep. And cries and Caitlin, I mean, Summer is capable, capable of a lot of hate, so much hate, more hate than he can imagine, but and, she will forgive him. Yeah,
0: And this is where it comes down to the thing I was saying earlier, which is they keep referring only to the bunnies thing. Even Summer is like, I, you know, I did do the rabbits thing, I guess I did. I made that choice. I'm like. Yeah, but he blamed all the other things on you as well, and no one is referring to those. the, the thing
1: is, if it just came down to the bunnies, yeah. he should be kicked out of the school too, because they have abject proof, video proof, that he did the bunnies too. Yeah,
0: they know they were both involved. She was, like, this is what I mean, like, these stakes seem unsteady. She was clearly kicked out of the school because of not only the bunnies, but because of all the other things she blamed on her. Oh, no.
1: I'll tell you why she was kicked out of the school and he wasn't, because it's revealed right away. <laughs> oh, yeah. In comes his father's butler because his dad is so wealthy that he owns a G4.
0: We are right. She is rich.
1: And the reservation he grew up on is appropriated native lands that his family took and built into a family commune.
0: It's – what I- – I was trying to figure out there, what he was saying, is like did you, was it that he lived on those lands and then his family took them, or he?
1: No, I don't think so. I think he referred to his family's yeah. sprawling estate as a reservation because there was once a reservation there. We do discover. First, that someone has written on a ward boy's face, because he probably had three sips of beer and then passed out. And I
0: cannot remember each, either of these ward boys' names, but it's the curly-haired ward boy.
1: So Taylor is trying to clean his face, and Ryan is like, <laughs> "Somebody,
0: you... Somebody wrote on this poor boy. She's how he is. This is poor boy.
1: And Ryan's like, oh, Taylor, you're the weirdest person, and this whole thing is really weird, and I like you. And I'm not calling you weird, though you are weird, but Taylor... My life is so complex and my emotions. I can't have a girlfriend right now. And Taylor's like, dude, I got divorced like 37 seconds ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, Taylor is all about the physical. Uh, and I guess they're going to go do seven minutes in heaven to figure out how that goes.
1: Because she's never done it before.
0: Uh, we're going to catch up a little bit with the bullet here. Um, so
1: Julie comes back <laughs> I think she to goes the back restaurant? To, I think she
0: goes back to eat her food.
1: She does come back to eat some cheesecake. <laughs> And the bullet's still there. And he's like, are you leaving too? And Julie says, no, I'm paid for this with our corporate <laughs> credit card, which you pay for. Yeah. So I'm getting a massage tomorrow. Yeah. And the like, hmm, tomorrow, you say? Julie, let me explain some things. I'm dumb. <laughs> and you make me nervous.
0: Well, and also, he says something that I think is very interesting. He's like, um, he, he, number one, he does say that – uh when he's talking about like he's talking to his essentially his other friends he was he said he was trying to tell jokes that he knows would make them laugh because they're bigoted and sexist and all those things like this but he feels bad about and he feels bad about them when he tells them around around Julie. And I'm not saying that all of a sudden makes him a shining example of a human being.
1: But it does mean he has some awareness. Well,
0: and also it, it, it sort of clarify or not clarifies, it shines a light on really a problem that you see that really what comes down to. Sometimes it's not even an internal, like, this is what this person feels. It's that he gets, he literally gets laughs and he gets jo- he He's talking to a insular group. Mm-hmm. That all find those that those jokes, the jokes he was telling her that, that weren't really jokes, um, funny. So, and he doesn't know how to interact with people outside of that circle.
1: Now, I will say this does make because you know Julie does listen to what he has to say and mm-hmm. like sort of comes around a little bit. Yeah, and this does make the show very much a product of its time. Yeah, because today, if a character was saying the things that Bullet is saying. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to dial back from that. Like no. you'd have to be much more ignorant. Yeah. And you know, in this day and age, in the year of our Lord 2020, we can't believe that a person would be as ignorant as Bullet,
0: but still good and able to dial it back. I but, think. I, I mean, well, the world's well,
1: a lot more connected now than it was
0: well, then. Well, and also the thing that I feel like is that you when you whenever you're looking at these shows, you have to you have to feel like how the show wanted to go. I believe that if this this scene was redone now he would be saying different things
1: mm-hmm. I, well, and I mean he would have had different jokes earlier as well
0: yeah like like the the, the problem you have is that the that's the people who were making the show at that time saw the jokes he was making as redeemable jokes
1: yeah, yeah. no I, i'm I'm not criticizing oh, yeah, them or it I'm just saying it's a product of its time
0: yeah well, yeah that's, that's what I mean by like you know, you have, when you're looking at these, you have to look at them that way. He does have a line that I think is pretty sweet, which is which was after he actually does say something that makes her laugh. He says, "You have a pretty smile. It's my job to make you use it more." Uh. And so
1: they decide to have breakfast tomorrow. Yes.
0: And, and, he, and he will leave and then come back. Yes. <laughs>
1: he will go to his home or his own room. Hard to say because we don't know where this hotel is.
0: I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that he has a home. I'm not sure that he just doesn't, like, transiently disappear? live on a jet somewhere.
1: Or disappear when he leaves the screen. Who knows?
0: <laughs> well, listen, he is he is someone else who has infinite wealth. We have met three infinite wealth people.
1: Now, a montage. This montage is kicked off by a justice of the peace arriving at Sandy and Kirsten's house because Bullet hired him to renew their vows. <laughs> this is the
0: first time we've heard his his last name is Bullet. He's Gordon Bullet. So yeah,
1: it is what it is.
0: Uh, Caitlin watches the people leave her party. In we've seen this shot before
1: ryan i think i mean
0: just shows. shows do the shot all the time i don't think this is well motivated in this shot i think what she does at the end is a lot more well motivated
1: caitlin is too old for her party and once everyone leaves she cleans up a small bit and then just cleans a ward boy's face yes left alone with her true friends i think
0: the implication is that the cops came and everyone ran out but it's weird how caitlin doesn't react to that whatever
1: caitlin doesn't care about the cops she called the cops on her own party.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was still her house.
1: It's not her house. Yeah, It is Neil's house.
0: Yeah, no, yes. She lives there, so clearly, whatever.
1: This is not like when Marissa had a girl overdose at her party and the owner of the house was <laughs> held responsible <laughs> for that. This is a different house and I- a different Cooper. But first, we're going to have two <laughs> puzzling scenes. Spencer calls Julie from a car and we learn that Spencer is convinced that he was paid to join this dating service To become a prostitute.
0: We learned that Spencer is also not an intelligent man. Uh, The connotation of this is that that, uh, are a few things. One, he does just assume he is a gigolo. Uh, Two, he assumes his father made him a gigolo, and he's fine with that. And three, he assumes that because it's an open phone line, anything Julie says must mean the opposite. It's good. it's just good to know that sometimes things do just transcend down gene lines.
1: Some intelligence is genetic.
0: Uh, then, and then
1: Pam calls. And Pam, a woman who has been a member of this dating organization <laughs> for many a moon.
0: At least seven uh, dates.
1: Who has never paid anyone to go on a date with them before. Thinks nothing of the fact that now... She did? She has a prostitute. Well,
0: I, I... It's confusing to me that he's like, I'll give you your... your no, Spencer's assumption makes no sense. He knows that they gave her a check. Did he think that they paid to be gigolos and then... La- what? <laughs>
1: I know they couldn't pay more. And who brokered this conversation that ended with him getting money? How?
0: Yeah. I don't understand how we reached this... We're at this point, And Julie is... Troubled. <laughs> Troubled. And will not tell Kirsten. Pa- Pam, what exactly are you going to tell your friends? Oh, yeah, no, we're definitely going to get um an episode where... <laughs>
1: Julie's like, I got to fix this problem by myself. Without, without Kirsten
0: figuring figure out. There's going to be a moment where she's seduced by the money that they're making.
1: But, like, I just... Who... Who brought up the idea of money?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. Um... <laughs> Uh, so the-
1: while this is going on, Taylor and Ryan kiss in a closet, and it's very cute. And they mm-hmm. just want to kiss for longer. Yep, yep. And then Summer and Seth just try to decide what to do, and ultimately, and not at all. <laughs> now,
0: now we learn how they're going to do this. Remember, we we're like we're talking this for a long time. We're like, how are they going to do this season? How's it going to work? Well,
1: Seth is just going to defer his exceptions to school until the fall, and they'll just return to Rhode Island in the fall. Which.
0: Honestly makes – like the only reason he was going in winter semester is, oh, he could be with summer quicker. Yeah. Not and winter. I guess spring semester. No,
1: it's winter. Winter so is I, January. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do I always say the wrong one? <laughs>
1: But, like, it, it does make sense. It's wild to start university in January. Like, it is better to start when everyone else starts.
0: Yeah, and the only reason he did that was because he got a late acceptance and he wanted to be there with Summer. Now she's not going to be there. So, yeah, just go next year, I guess. So
1: now none of our main characters are in <laughs> university.
0: You did it. <laughs> you solved the problem. So
1: they have, at this point, they have to have known that they weren't having a fifth season, yes, right? Yes, they're
0: like, okay, we get we do the season to wrap it up. We get all these things. It's fine. It's fine. So, Aaron.
1: Yes, Kevin. those
0: episodes did you find yourself a CW moment? Did
1: I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic got a phone call from one of their clients implying that their business was a completely different business and Logic just decided to roll with it? I did. And my CW moment is when Caitlyn just decided to hang out by the bleachers to do some pot at the moment that Riley decided to invite everyone to her party. Because this is a different day.
0: I have to imagine... She did that on per- – like, the, the the problem I'm getting with Caitlyn's character is that it feels like they are giving her very half storylines. Like, it feels like that – like, that, like she was there on purpose. Let's be clear. She had to have been there on purpose. But how
1: could she know that that's when they were giving out the invitations? Because the boys were already invited.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Like, like this has to be – she – like, I think the storyline is supposed to be that she
1: – Decided to save the school?
0: Well, yeah. No, no. Well, she's interested. She – she – is interested in actually connecting with people her own age, but doesn't know how to do it. That I, could be. Because that's what I'm sort of getting from um from her talk with Spencer. When Spencer was there and he was like, Go hang with people, and she goes like, Uh, oh, people my own you mean boys? Uh oh. and he's like, Yes, they're people your own age. Go and connect with them. So, I think she forced some... I do not know why that had to come from Spencer. I think because who else could it come from other than possibly Neil? And he's not there anymore. Or
1: maybe they had to put Spencer there so we'd be like, Oh, he's still around.
0: Yeah. like
1: the Gigolo storyline. Like, like
0: the thing is, I, have, I think we have really have to assume that she did take the connect with people your own age thing to heart. And she doesn't know how to because, as you said, she's had such a stunted um, upbringing that she I mean, sort of had to raise herself for a while.
1: Really? They shouldn't have let her hang out with that bald pony so
0: much. <laughs> Yes, that's, what, that's what, that what cause her to get aged, aged real fast. That's uh, that, that's the real streets, the mean streets, bald ponies.
1: Hey, Kevin, did yeah. you find yourself a CW homie?
0: I did, and it is uh, that whole vows thing. <laughs> that <laughs> it, when it happened, and so, yeah, so so it was a fake lie because it's then not their anniversary. It's not their anniversary, and then Gordon to make it up to make up for being an absolute jerk to them, he hired a justice of the peace to come in to renew their vows at their house. And then they did it. And it's this really like sweetly shot scene, but
1: no one's there. It means nothing. And also, it
0: means nothing to them. They weren't They once again, they weren't having problems with their mayor. There was no, like there wasn't even any, like they, they had no scenes together in this episode. Other than that, the scene where
1: they were, Sandy's like, huh, romantic weekend. And Kristen's
0: like, mm. they were competing with each other to be Seth. That was their storyline. Yeah. Their storyline was we both want to be our son's new best friend. <laughs>
1: and neither of them won. Neither
0: of them won because Seth came back. And then, like, their storyline this episode makes no sense because it ends with them renewing. Their- if I described this storyline to you, which is that <laughs> that this married couple are trying to be their adopted son's new best friend.
1: Because they're other son has gone away to university. Yeah,
0: and then, then of course, uh, the friend of the wife uh, is trying to avoid this... Uh, avoid this, a date. Avoid a date without outright avoiding him. so they get into this wacky situation where they have to, like, you know, pretend that their anniversary is coming, and they, they go to, you know, have a romantic weekend uh, out at this, <laughs> this, uh, this, you know, this whole... A fancy restaurant, and then it ends with them renewing their vows by their pool. You'd be like, why?
1: And like, where's the hijinks? <laughs> what did
0: any of that mean? Nothing. It meant nothing. They had no conflict, and it ended with them resolving no conflict.
1: It means that this episode was too short, and they had to add some scenes in.
0: How is it too short? They clearly cut scenes out.
1: I care about Caitlin, <laughs> but obviously no one else does.
0: They... C- they- I mean, my my runner-up scene is the fact that Caitlyn called the police and we never really got a resolution for that, other than people left her house. But the the shot, they could have also just been been like, all right, party's over, leave the house.
1: Man, Kevin, I gotta tell you something. I love Caitlyn, but obviously audiences at the time did not want her. (laughs) So they've cut out her stuff.
0: I don't know. It, it, I I almost think it is is that the reason they cut the cutting out not because they didn't like her it was because they all they did assume they they assumed you Aaron they assumed that you Aaron they're like Aaron this there's this there, you see there's this woman her name is Aaron uh she will very much like Caitlyn no matter what we do uh so we can pretty much just you know half ass a lot of these storylines cut the scenes out and she'll still be like yes yes that teenage girl she's really rocking it
1: here's the thing flawless. Kevin. I'm their target audience. Yes,
0: you are. So, uh, right now, right now is what I... I don't, I, I don't mean in the past, Aaron. I mean right now.
1: So obviously they've done something right. <laughs>
0: they, there was someone who was like, in 2020.
1: <laughs> this one woman.
0: <laughs> also, there'll be a pandemic and they're all like, nah.
1: <laughs> no, there won't be. That's too far.
0: We'll believe you about the Aaron thing.
1: <laughs> we'll believe you about one human individual. We'll believe... But a global crisis? No. We'll
0: believe you about podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but not that. Never that.
1: So... If you believe us about Caitlyn or any of these other storylines, please let us know. Hit us up on the social media. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we're at Gmail. And if you like this show, if you have a lot of other people who really, really believe in Caitlyn and are Caitlyn stans, hey, you want to share this with your friends. You want to give us ratings, reviews, and subscriptions, or just like, I don't know, send podcast links to people you like.
0: It's very uh, very forward and demanding. I like it.
1: Yeah, I'm here for our podcast these days.
0: We'll <laughs> see you next week.
1: How will Julie keep this new business development secret from Kirsten?
0: Can Ryan and Taylor keep it casual?
1: Speaking of plot elements we've never seen before, is it time to finally reveal the bald pony?
0: is all of some more on the next episode of of Cyrus and Abs. A
1: teen drama fan cast?